You're listening to Building a Better Brand, and I'm your host, Tony Triumph, founder of The Triumphant Group. And I'm here to share the stories behind my friends who are industry innovators, my buddies who are movers and shakers, as well as my fellow clients, colleagues, and the go-getters of today that have helped both big and little brands be a big success. Whether you're a big brand, a little brand, an indie brand, or run a multi-million dollar company, I'd love for you to listen up because we're here to empower you through our world of tips and tools to help you build a better brand. Welcome to our world. Our next guest on Building a Better Brand is Dijon C. Smith, global co-lead for Accenture's Black Founders Development Program. Led by Accenture Ventures, one of the largest and most well-known consulting firms in the world, this Black Founders Development Program will help improve the Black community's ability to create wealth, particularly for those who previously may not have held a seat at the table by enabling the next generation of innovation. Talk about an impact. Before his current role, Dijon acted as the Midwest lead for Accenture Open Innovation, forming bridges between global 2000 companies and the startup ecosystem, which is a very crucial role for ensuring companies receive the guidance, funding, and mentoring they need to succeed in the tech enterprise space. Dijon has traveled, worked, and studied in 55 countries and is passionate about connecting technology, culture, and education within communities. He also operates professionally and personally at the intersection of his passion and purpose to create space for BIPOC entrepreneurs, creatives, and academics to thrive and grow. Currently, he serves on the Global Inclusivity Board of Soho House, which is now publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and the University of Birmingham's Business School Advisory Board in the United Kingdom. He is a member of the Scene Makers Board of the Goldman Theater and the YPC Board of the Camp One Step and an active mentor in Chicago's startup community. Additionally, he is the Director of Development for Definition Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, man. So thank you for joining me today. First and foremost, Mr. Mr. Smith, you know, listen, Accenture is one of the biggest agencies in the world. So I'm just I'm proud to see that someone with so much a, a worldly global conglomerate with so much power is, you know, putting up the resources for black builders to tap their resources, not only just financially, but just from a guidance standpoint, and also being able to, you know, put their money where their mouth is. So thank you for joining me today. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to dive into your role a little bit more and just talk about all things black history, black building, and as we all like to say, root for everybody black, right? Exactly. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about your role at Accenture. You know, I obviously I know a, a lot more about this Black Founders program than most people. Um, I, I do think it's fairly new. Correct me if I'm wrong, but please just run us through why this program is so important and just a little bit more about your role at Accenture and, and what you and your team are looking to accomplish with the Black Founders program. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me and leveraging your platform to share this story. It is a privilege and an honor to be talking with you today on this afternoon. So I'm Dijon Smith. I'm based in the mighty middle in Chicago, best city in the Midwest. But essentially, I work for Accenture, running our Black Founders Development Program and co-leading that with my wonderful and fearless boss, Miss Kathy Ross, who happens to be a fellow Jamaican like myself. But the whole purpose of the program is to elevate the playing field or elevate and level the playing field for Black founders, specifically in their enterprise tech space. Accenture is a large professional services firm, you know, that has Accenture Song, as a lot of people know, like kind of the agency ad business that we have, Accenture Strategy and Consulting, and then Accenture Technology, where I sit within ventures under tech innovation, which is just a great space to be because we are constantly working to find the next generation technologies are out there because Accenture is trying to be a disruptor and not be disrupted. So I'm happy that I have a full-time role, as we were saying earlier, rooting for everybody Black in the enterprise tech space and finding ways to ensure that these Black founders get the two C's that they care about, cash and contracts. So that's my full-time job, working within this firm, navigating the information ocean that is Accenture and finding ways truly to help Black founders either get investment, partnership, mentorship, and guidance, and or introduction to our clients. That is brilliant, like I said. And one of the things I think is interesting about what you guys are doing at Accenture is that sometimes that role can be super undermined. You know, people don't realize, and it's fairly new in the last few years with us putting so much emphasis on, you know, cash content and just making sure black founders are able to show up fully equipped leveraging their their the platforms and the playing field like most other you know ethnic groups are able to do a little bit more seamlessly so talk to us a, a little bit about you know just kind of what your your day-to-day -day is like in in terms of getting these uh resources to black the black community you know what is that process like? How is the funding distributed? How is the, what is, is there an application process? Tell us a little bit more about the program and what it's like to be involved in that from a brand's perspective. Yeah, so the Black founders that are reaching out to us are in the enterprise tech space, serving one of the enterprise functions, let's say supply chain or cybersecurity or sustainability, uh, anything in sort of like the talent, upskilling, reskilling and organization standpoint or other areas of, an organization that a Fortune 500 might want to leverage, you know, their platform or software to run their business. And essentially, there is an intake form or we get cold reach outs on LinkedIn, on email or anything like that. But essentially, we meet founders where they're at. This is different from other, I would say, programs or accelerator initiatives that you've seen, especially at the cloud providers like Amazon and Google and Microsoft, where there's a cohort of black founders coming in at one particular time. They go through a process. They're all getting 150000 or 250000 whatever it might be. From an Accenture standpoint, Black founders are brought in, you know, whether it's idea, pre-seed, seed, our sweet zone is seed, series A, and sort of beyond. But they come in and it's really like kind of my day-to-day -day job to figure out, as I was saying earlier, which bucket do they fit in? Do they fit our investment thesis where I can funnel them over to our equity investments team, you know, led by Amanda McBride and, and, and Tom Lunibus to say, hey, this fits our overall Accenture Ventures, what we call our project spotlight thesis, which we're looking for startups that are filling the innovation gaps for the global 2000. If it fits that, 
then I funnel it over to them and kind of usher them through that process, trying to find a senior leader who might find the technology interesting and willing to sponsor it in front of our investment committee. If it doesn't quite fit that, if there's some sort of partnership angle that we can go in, then it's really around me trying to, again, navigate the information ocean that is Accenture and finding the right practice, the industry group, the technology focus area, whether it's like our retail practice or a metaverse continuum business group or you know our talent and HR team to say, hey, here's some interesting technology that Accenture and this startup can work towards to develop some sort of joint offering to take to the Fortune 500 that are out there. That's another avenue. As I'm saying earlier, another third avenue is just some founders are like, John, I just need mentorship and guidance. Like, I have a digital health platform. I'm trying to sell this into a corporate. What should I price this as? You know, how do I figure out who my right buyer is? Another thing, I find a SME, a subject matter expert within Accenture that knows that area that can spend 30 or 45 minutes. And that 30 or 45 minutes can be very valuable over and above someone Googling, you know, doing some CB Insight searches to really find out who to talk to, when and why. And then finally, some founders are like, Dijon, I'm good on everything. I got my money, got my funding. I just got a client. We got an RFP out and I'm trying to close this deal. Do you all know anyone? Can I talk to someone on an Accenture account team to get some insight? So then it's just that kind of introduction to clients in that space. But that's really what my day-to-day -day is, is looking like. I spend a majority of my time talking to founders, figuring out what they're building, and then figuring out what of those four buckets they fit in. And then the other half of my time, really just working with our senior leaders within the organizations to educate them on the latest and the greatest that's out there and all the dope things that these black founders are building. Yeah, super duper important. Like I said before, a lot of times that the nuances that you just described that come so effortlessly to someone like you who's from the community that would understand what those needs are might easily be undermined uh, traditionally, you know, from larger foundations, if there was not a program or a platform to highlight those issues and provide these resources. And one of the things you said, I think was interesting is mentorship. A lot of people don't realize that when you're building a business or a brand, mentorship, how important that mentorship is. So talk to us a little bit more about, you know, just the mentorship process, because everybody thinks that okay, I'm, they, they want cash, right? Everybody wants cash. Cash is, they say content is king, but cash is king really, because you can't do anything without no money. I just had a, our previous guest before you, she was, you know, a financial professional and she was just saying, you know, you got to get your finances in order. But outside of the money part, obviously I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Accenture does write checks, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. so outside of the check writing and cashing, what is that mentorship like? And why is that so important as well? Yeah, overall, so as I said, as I am hyper-focused on getting Black founders the two Cs, cash or contracts, because either way, to your point, it's really helping that business grow and succeed and get the traction that they need to get to the next level. The mentorship, the guidance is also key. Making sure that your data room as a business, especially someone that's going out to get venture capital, is set up correctly. Because if those foundations are not right, that's how deals can fall through. You know, understanding how you can truly scale, because oftentimes you build a business, it's great, you have a few clients, you're working with some small and medium business enterprises. But when you get to that Fortune 500 stage, 
there's a lot that needs to be taken into consideration, making sure that you have, you know, your GDPR and your privacy policies in line, understanding that you understand the true legal implications of the technologies that you're using and how that might affect, you know, the markets that you're entering, whether it's in the U.S. versus Europe versus the growth markets like in the global south. So I think Accenture, with its depth and breadth of expertise, across every industry, across every technology focus area, just being able to have people in those respective areas to mentor and guide you, whether from a legal standpoint, an operational standpoint, go to market, sales and strategy, there's so much that we can kind of bring to table to ensure that not only that your idea becomes commercialized, but it's successful and that it can, can scale to a point that you're serving Fortune 500s, Global 2000s and the like. Um, because it's important, you know, for me to see more black businesses make it past series A and beyond to B, C, D, to get acquired to IPO. Because you think about the wonderful benefits of those sorts of things. When those things happen, that's where true generational wealth is created because now all that equity that has been building up over time is now being realized in the marketplace where the company has sold for a dollar amount or it's IPOing and there's a share price. So all of those early employees that were a part of that process, the people that invested in the company are now reaping the benefits of that. So that's why I'm very excited to be in this space. And I thought that's where I think the mentorship and guidance is key throughout that whole life cycle so that we can see those future returns in the long run. Because once those founders get money, once those investors get money, now they can reinvest in their communities. That's why my shirt says, you know, we need more black venture capitalists as well as black founders that are all in this two-sided ecosystem creating wealth, you know, within this space. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I love that you said the word life cycle because I think, and the interesting thing about what you just said is you just answered one of my questions is, you know, how do you feel about, you know, obviously the mentorship is is one thing. It, it it essentially prepares you to be able to handle the cash flow and the and the acquiring of checks and investments from, you know, the the higher ups that you seek, right? But a lot of times, like you said, you know, we're we're building generational wealth and you know, we're able to get acquired and we're able to sell you know, one brand in particular that just got acquired is a hair brand. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you saw it as Mia Organics. Yeah. And just like Carol's daughter, when Carol's daughter got acquired, you know, you spend all these years, you build, you build your community, you connect with your audience, and then you get probably a third of those, or maybe even 40% of those people that follow you and, and suddenly saying, Hey, well, you sold out, you, you did this, you're no longer for the community. You did this for the money. Now I'm not buying it anymore. It's going to get watered down, you know? And so I think it's interesting what you just said in return in, in regards to just the mentorship process, because it really gets you into, it shifts your perspective from, you know, the mindset of, okay, I, I want to work for the rest of my life just for the sake of owning this brand, or I could exit and I could build some generation, some true generational wealth, and I can move on to my next venture. And so I, I really can appreciate the mentorship aspect of what you just said, because that really prepares you for that, that level of thinking. Would you, what would you say about that? Oh, definitely. And it's great to see the Meal Organics and the Carol's Daughters being acquired by larger firms because those founders put in a lot of sweat equity. You might see them getting, you know, millions of dollars in revenue as a business, but the people that actually built the company, their true value is still trapped up within the company. And that's not realized until it's actually sold and acquired. And 
my thing, I do get that piece of like, oh, the company, you know, sold to this majority owned company or, you know, this Caucasian owned company that has a long history. But the whole thing that we have to think about is that, you know, we're still in these early phases. Still at the end of 2022, 1% of VC funds went to black founders. So we still have a long ways to go to ensure that we women, minorities, everyone are getting their proportional slice of the VC pie. But even just seeing these examples of companies get acquired, getting acquired and building wealth in that way, in the future, there's probably going to be a black PNG or Unilever that's going to acquire a company. But we need more of us actually getting there to that point where we have that wealth, where the founder of Carol's Daughter, the founder of Mayo, can now maybe create, to your point, in a new venture, their own beauty and consumer goods conglomerate that's then acquiring it and investing and pushing back into the community for other up-and-coming black-owned women-owned brands to create in that same space so that's what we have to think about and they're not going to be able to do that until they get their return on their own sweat equity of the businesses that they built so i think in due time we're going to have some more black-owned pngs as an example that are going to own a portfolio of brands in the future yeah I mean, everything that you just said, understanding that is a process to the prize. And so, you know, as long as these type of conversations continue to be had to teach and preach on what it's like to even be a black founder, I think more and more consumers will also understand and and just really can appreciate the the process to the prize and, and what we go through to get to, to the levels that we aspire to be. And so, you know, my next point is is really on this, still on this topic, you know, being in corporate, you know, people call it the hyper blackness, the, 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 the overly proud and black in corporate, whatever you want to call it. It's fairly new. It's not new in the, in the arenas of us having our black allies that we see at the water cooler. And we know that we can talk and send certain emails to and hang out with after work and things like that. But really just the, the emphasis on black leadership, the emphasis on black funds, the emphasis on black programs. I mean, Google has one, NBC has one, Comcast has one. There's so many black specific programs that these Fortune 500s are rolling out. And I can't help but sometimes seeing a bit of a, I won't say a snicker, but I'll see a little bit of a side eye from some whites or non-blacks in text, text, uh, in the tech industry rather, that might not fully support or fully understand why there's so much noise per se around the black community and investing in the black community because, okay, there's Oprah, there's Beyonce, there's Jay-Z, there's all these successful black people that have worked hard. And so some people are, might say, hey, well, why should we be supporting this black fund that just gives away money or gives away equity or specifically focuses on black people? How do you navigate those type of conversations or those type of side eyes in corporate from, you know, white folks who might not understand why there's so much emphasis being put on the black community? Yeah, for me, it's just coming at it at a data driven way. Like look at the data, Look at the billions of dollars that were, were deployed to see back startups. 1% has gone to black founders. 
Hence why we need to create programs to increase the number of dollars and, and initiatives that are focused on this space. And yeah, it might seem weird in 2023 in this environment to call out specific ethnic groups or gender groups or anything like that in this space. But if you look at the data, it shows that we still we need to do this. We need to make a conservative effort because at this point in time, for years of past, it has not been a priority. And if we really truly talk about not only the data that has been collected and that we see today as marrying that with our history and what the structures that were even just set up, <laughs> you know, to allow founders for business owners to thrive, it didn't always focus on women and minorities for quite a long period of time, especially as we hyper-focus on the geography of North America. So why would it not make sense in this current climate that we're living in, in this year and in this day and age, to build programs that are hyper-focused on this? Because we want to make sure it's not like we're trying to rob or take from others. Everyone just deserves their proportional slice of the VC pie at the end of the day, in my humble opinion. So for the naysayers of this, really, I just come at it with a data-driven lens, and they still don't get it. And that's really not up to me anymore. And I'm freeing up my mental capacity to focus on what I'm here and what I'm called to do and what Accenture is paying me to do and to execute. So um, to your point, I bring the facts and the data-driven lens. And then I can also add, obviously, some anecdotal stories as well to bring that to life. But if people, after all this time, after seeing the data, are still feeling a type of way around this topic, then that's just their own you know, internal biases and things that are blinding them from the true problem that's really happening in today's age. Love it. Love it. I always say fight with data and facts and <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a winning point to really put to, that really seals the tip on that. You know, I wish more people would understand that, you know, when we are out here pioneering and, and, and staring this ship as ship as black leaders, um, get people to understand what it's like to, to merely just build one and get it off the ground. How would you say some of, what are some of the successes that you guys have had so far with this Black Founders program, just to kind of put, you know, the money where the mouth is, like where, you know, the data proves it. And then, so what are some of the successes that you guys have had to kind of, you know, put out, put yourselves out there and, and support these brands? Yeah, I would say globally, you know, we made a great investment in a company called Okra, which is, you know, this open finance platform based out of Nigeria. And think of them as like kind of the plaid that's going to enable like open banking and finance across the continent. So that was exciting. That was our first investment in the continent of Africa. Nice. So just about the black diaspora. It's cool that that investment was made. Another company, Sway Brand, which is very interesting and really, truly helping Fortune 500 brands authentically connect with multicultural audiences and ensuring that the creators that they're leveraging to create said content are being paid in an equitable manner to ensure that as we talk about generational wealth, fair compensation and how content to your point is king right now. And oftentimes people of color are not being compensated, um, effectively and proportionally to the impact that they're making on the broader culture that is around us in this day and age. Outside of like just investments, I would say just being able to spark conversations and, and bringing our research to your point earlier around the day 
and speaking with facts, we launched our, our Black Founders Funding Gap research data last year, which was great. That really talked about that 4X drop-off between Black founders making it from seed to Series A and really just trying to spark conversations within the venture capital community of how can we invest more early and often and making sure that at the right stage, we're having the right conversations. So if you're talking to a founder of color at the seed stage, about traction, but not talking to a Caucasian founder at that same stage in the same exact metrics about, you know, traction, but you're just focused on their potential, you're going to make a different investment decision every time. So making sure that we're having conversations, sparking discussions around how we can continue to remove like our implicit bias from the system and, from the pro and how can we disrupt the system, you know, moving forward. And then outside of that, just really finding ways for us to continue to elevate um, black founders that are coming through our doors to your point if things are not being invested in and or partnered with like how can i at least just create a platform for you as you're creating a platform for me today we had a stories from our black founder series like a quick audio series five six minutes of just some dope black founders one who has an organized crime retail fraud platform shout out to barbara jones uh, adrian walker who's developing an intelligent asset management sort of system in the wastewater space called isa and then mixtros which is out there really just bringing authenticity to connections both virtually and in person. So just being able to share their stories on our global platform backed by Arbor and I think is just key. So I can continue want to do things like that, you know, not just investment, not just dollars, but bringing them into rooms that they haven't been before, taking them to conferences and industry events that they might not have had access to because sometimes these ticket prices are ridiculous. And if you have to think about paying your engineer or flying to South by Southwest or going to uh, con in, in, in France, then, you know, if we can take off some of those loads and then create opportunities for them to get the two C's, those cash and contracts, then that's really what we're hyper-focused on and just leveraging the power of our partnerships because of the brand that we have and the clients and the ecosystem partners that also want to do some impactful stuff in this space. So Accenture being this central force, like kind of the sun pulling all of these pieces together can really provide some unique synergies to create some true value for these Black founders. Love it, man. That I mean, that's that's music to my ears to hear that. And and you're you're hitting the nail on the head. I know so many brands. I mean, as you know, I run a, a brand consulting and advisory agency as well. And so I talk with so many founders that have to make these tough decisions. Like, uh, it's either I keep this contractor on this month, or I get to invest and go to South by Southwest, or go to Fashion Week, or go to cons, or do this activation and where, wherever. And so to have that support system, I think it's super duper underrated. You know, it's it's just in in terms of what it does for you and and how much it can level you up as a business. So yeah, that's I mean, this is all just music to the ears of so many people, and I'm I'm so glad you got to, we got to for you to share that today. Uh, I would love to know a little bit more about you, you know, tell us, uh, you know, I know you have a great background and a, a diverse background rather in arts and entertainment. You have, you've been in the arts, you've done some talent work, you're an entrepreneur, you're in corporate. Tell us a little bit about your background, what else you, you're up to and how some of these outside experiences have led to your success at Accenture and beyond. Yeah. So overall, I would say, I love where I'm at right now. I've been on this constant journey to figure out 
how I can align myself with roles and opportunities that sit at the intersection of my passion, my purpose. And right now I feel that way professionally having this role at Accenture rooting for everybody black as Issa Rae would say in the enterprise tech space. And as soon as I started operating in that space, other opportunities kept presenting themselves, you know, so I sit on Soho House's Global Inclusivity Board, which just went public on the New York Stock Exchange, helping that organization and representing Chi-Town to find ways and opportunities to increase BIPOC representation, not only in their members, but the leaders within their organization, as well as their suppliers. I'm a big proponent of supplier diversity and even supporting like, you know, the small businesses, you know, the food and beverage providers and services in the hospitality space. And I find myself sitting at this intersection between tech and, and the creative industry and knowing that we are all connected through the power of storytelling. Whether you're selling some cybersecurity uh, firm or a supply chain visibility firm, or you're a playwright telling the story of your immigrant you know, family coming from Jamaica to the States and navigating life and trying to be this cultural middleman or woman or they them. And it's just been so cool to be in this area. So my background really, you know, I grew up in Chicago, first generation Jamaican American, and I was always interested in the arts. My family was all great in, in athletics. I wasn't, I had two left feet and butterfingers. My mom signed me up for literally everything, football, basketball, track, cross country, failed it all. I even had to do as a last resort circus camp and still failed that. I got into the arts. And, um, Did you say circus camp? Circus camp. I was on stilts, the trapeze, the lira, like, that is so funny. Here, juggling, doing whatever. But um, I got you used to running for those all those flights you take, though. I know every time I talk to you, you're like uh, up in the air, running to another airport in in Europe somewhere. You're in LA today. You know? you know? yeah. <laughs> Managing a mental circus at this point in time. But after that, I got into music. So I uh, became you know, a baritone singer and did a lot of classical music and joined choirs, concert choirs in high school and in college. And that took me you know, all around. I got to travel to Italy and the Czech Republic and London, you know, singing in these beautiful cathedrals, which was so much fun. And then I went off to Pepperdine University and studied international business and minored in nonprofit management and accounting. And it was such an amazing experience to be in these spaces. Fast forward, I've been to 55 countries and have worked in all industries as a tax accountant for Deloitte in London as a UK parliamentary researcher for the House of Commons, a startup LED manufacturer in Shanghai. And I just took all of these experiences and just continue to figure out a path, you know, moving forward to me to get to that passion purpose intersection point. Wow, man. I mean, just listen to the brilliance of this though, because those full circle moments are what bring so much life to where we end up, you know, and, you know, this position that you're in, I mean, I, I've worn, worn so many hat, different hats myself and it, they all prepare you to really be of service to someone later on. And I won't say later on in life, cause we're, you know, we're still young and, and obviously still building, but just at whatever point you end up, you know, this, your experience always allows you to leverage just being able to help someone else and to really live out your purpose in life. And I just think that's brilliant because it's all about the people, you know, we, you know, everything, these companies come up with all these great, amazing ideas, but if it, if you don't pluck the right talent, to orchestrate and run and manage and be the face of those platforms and extensions of your brand, you know, it's not going to grow. It's not going to have a pulse. So, I mean, that's literally you've breathed life into Accenture's, you know, platform. <laughs> so uh, on that note, what is next for Dijon Accenture 
the, the Black Founders Foundation? How can people be a part of it, support it, help grow it, you know, across all avenues? What What's next? Yeah, I would say for Accenture and our Black Founders Development Program, continuing to make impact and leveraging the power of partnerships for us to increase our impact in this space uh, with Black Founders, not only here in North America, but across our African diaspora. So in the in the UK and in the nine European countries where 90% of <laughs> uh, folks from the African diaspora are, as well as the continent as well, as we continue to find ways to do business in places like South Africa and elsewhere. For Dijon, personally, you know, I'm just still in the season of my life of making sure that I'm creating space and opportunity for not only folks in the creative industry, but also those in the venture capital space as it relates to investors, as well as uh, entrepreneurs that are building great things that are going to be the innovations that we're going to use tomorrow. So that's where I'm at. I'm enjoying this current season. And I'd say moving forward outside of that, it's really just focused on building more and developing these programs to be true, true global powerhouses. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, this was such a great chat, man. I've learned so much about what you do and, and why not only just the centers, but why these founder programs are so important. Why should someone join? I mean, this there's why should someone choose the centers black founders program over another Francis, uh, black founders program? Because, I mean, you can only do one at a time. So why is it that why, why should a brand choose a, a centers? I know, I know who I would choose. I know, I know, I would choose a center. But why? From your words, why? Why would? Why should a brand choose a center? Tony, the beautiful thing is that you don't have to choose when it comes to Accenture because of our bespoke nature. So you can do Accenture's program coupled and married with any other accelerator incubator program that's out there. I think the main thing that we'd have to delineate is that if you are a founder in the enterprise tech space, you want to come to Accenture because Accenture is the number one service integrator systems, integrator, strategy and consulting, all of it <laughs> focus on the enterprise tech space. So that's the number one reason why people should choose to work with Accenture in our Black Founders Development Program if they are in that industry and focus area. If you are in other places, then we're probably not the best fit for you at this point in time. But if you're in enterprise tech, we're the ones to be with. Right. And so just a few more questions. I'm just curious, why did you guys choose the enterprise tech space? There's so many different markets and industries. What was so fascinating about the enterprise tech space? Was it a because there was such a, a demand or a rise or an opportunity to build more wealth? Or is it because there was just a lack there of, of support? You know, where, where did that idea come about? Yeah, it's mainly tied to Accenture's business model. We are in the enterprise space. We serve Fortune 500 and Global 2000 clientele. So we're like, if we're going to create a program, where can we provide the most value? We wouldn't provide the, mess, the best value if we were, you know, a direct-to-consumer incubator because that's not our bread and butter. We have a long history of 30-plus years working with the largest technology platform and players out there in the industry, SAP, Oracle, Salesforce, et cetera. So we'd be the best ones positioned to support emerging technology startup players that are entering in that same space. So you think about any corporate venture capital arm, they're going to best serve founders that align to the mothership business. Nice, 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 nice. My last question is my signature question. What are your top three to five 
tips for building your best brand. <laughs> you know, you're you're an expert here. You service so many brands, particularly in the enterprise space. Mm-hmm. You can base this on what brands feel as though they need the most when they come to you. But in your words, what what are the your top three to five takeaways for building your best brand? As an individual. Mm-hmm. Being authentic to yourself is probably just my number one. Checking in and making sure that you are constantly operating out of the intersection of your passion and your purpose. And that's it. That's all. That's what I stick by. And everything else kind of falls into line of me build, building the brand that I have today and who I am. Everything is centered and anchored around those two points. Nice, nice. Love it, love it, love it. Simple and chic. I mean, you can't, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> and authentic. So, you know, this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad I got to invite you on and and share this platform with you. Please let us know where we can find you. Please drop us your social channels, the Center's social channels, and really the best place to contact you or the best rep if we are looking to get involved with your Black Founders program. Me, Dijon C. Smith. I'm at Dijon C. Smith on most social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. As far as Accenture, we have a Black Founders Development website, which will be in the show notes. And Tony, I can send you that via Accenture links. Awesome. Um, I'll send you the links to the Accenture Black Founders Development website page and the uh, Accenture Black Founders audio series stories as well. That's on YouTube. Perfect. So for everyone listening, all you'll have to do is click the show notes and it will take you where you need to go. Perfect. 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 Well, thank you so much to John C. Smith. You to stay brilliant, walk in your purpose and, you know, everything that you're doing is really, 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 truly going to help so many brands, particularly in the enterprise space as they continue to build and grow and develop the brands of their dreams. So thank you again. No problem. No problem. That was Dijon C. Smith, global co-lead for Accenture's Black Founders Development Program, joining us here today on Building a Better Brand. I'm super grateful he took the time to come through and provide us with all that valuable insight and knowledge on the very impactful work he does with Accenture to support the Black community. It was very critical and planned that we publish this during Black History Month to learn more about why we should all be supporting Black and BIPOC founders along the entrepreneurial journey. Because listen, rising tides lift all boats. I know I've learned a lot and it's very much motivated me on my own entrepreneurial journey as we all continue to build together, connect and thrive as we grow in this world of building better brands. Follow us on Instagram and across all social media platforms at Building a Better Brand. Follow me, your host, Tony Triumph, on Instagram. I'm at Tony Triumph Official. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter if you want to drop me a line. I'm trying to get more active on those platforms. Or, you know, if you have any brand related questions, requests, or even feedback about this podcast, feel free to hit me up at info at buildingabetterbrand.com. Till next time, y'all.